Octavia Butler never drove. She took the bus all over town from Pasadena to L.A. and back. Her rides on the bus even inspired an award-winning short story. Speech Sounds opens with the line, there was trouble aboard the Washington Boulevard bus. From there, a grim L.A. future unfolds. In a city as big as Los Angeles, with such a well-documented car culture, we often hear that you need a car in L.A. But what can the experience of public transit offer a writer? What about an artist? In this episode, we take a bus ride from West Hollywood to downtown with commissioned radio imagination artist and L.A. native Lauren Halsey. Halsey's work takes inspiration from her neighborhood in South L.A. and the visual culture of small businesses throughout Los Angeles. Like Butler, she gets around on public transit, but there was a time when she used to drive. I want to say this first. My father bought me a 1965 Fastback from the showroom in Idaho, Seafoam Aqua, black leather, one owner, Major League Baseball player. It showed up on my block. He said, you're not driving that. Someone will take that from you. And so I put it in the backyard and I made like this, this myth about it. Like, I'll get out of school one day, I'll have all this money and I'll buy it back, you know? And then uh, he's like, get another car. And so I chose, I was like, okay, I want my dream car. I want, a, a, you know, a 1978 Trans Am Solar Gold Y88 Special Edition Black with the Gold Butterscotch Interior. He was like, no, absolutely not. And then he was like, okay, well, what's the next one? And I was like, give me a 95 Range Rover. And I had seen it on eBay Motors for like 7,000 bucks. So he was like, okay. So we, uh, he did his research and then we found it in North Hollywood. We picked it up. To make a very long story short, we drove it around a couple of times. I drove it to school, back and forth, like maybe two days. And I'm like feeling it, you know, it was beautiful. I took a side street, I cut this guy off. The guy ends up chasing me. So we're driving parallel up the 80s and I'm like looking like, is he still with me? He was, and then he makes a left and like darts towards me. And then like, I like hit a parked car. <laughs> and that was the last time I drove a car. There's this like myth about LA and moving through it with the car, which I think is like the worst way to see the city. Such a beautiful, like, romantic city that to have this romance with yourself, like, on the bus or walking or on the bike, I think moving at your own pace and, like, actually spending time moving through neighborhoods is, like, the best way to do it. But I've always been on the bus. Um, I love it, but I also hate it because, I mean, I want a car, but, like... I, I, it's totally like informed and framed the way I, I see people, the way I spend time with people and content and where I find beauty and power and meaning and all these things in my city. And like in New York, everyone rides the bus and the train. It's like a, it's a thing, it's a universal thing. Depending on where you are in LA, it's, it has to do with class. To be right on time with that, and to be like on the pulse of that and to be in the conversations with people who are living my work and I'm hearing, you know, and actually, because people talk to you too. So hearing and talking about with people across like, you know, gender, age, whatever, style, about like the mess and all of our concerns, I think has kept my work like 
very on time with moments in LA that I care about. There's graffiti, there are gang tags, like things are like, you know, there's more of an identity of who lives here that I think is like really beautiful as far as like a marker of where you are. Cause sometimes like I imagine like if nobody lived in West Hollywood, if like I'm like, if it's empty and I'm just walking down the streets, I would have no clue about who these people are other than like nice food and a lot of money, maybe. But like it's cool when you start like moving through neighborhoods where people are like really like getting physical with the landscape and trying to make themselves part of the landscape literally. Um, it just becomes like more personal and more cool. very best friends is this woman named Roxanne. I won't say her last name because like, let's just trust me, her dad's a, 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 I mean, a gazillionaire movie star, whatever, whatever. Her house was up there on Take Sunset up to Clark Street. You just see the world. Taking the bus from South Central to the hills, you know, that's a mission. So just like picking up on like the sort of like the architectural boundaries the socioeconomic boundaries of a city and like what really like watching neighbors, neighborhoods change and people change and demographics and class. Just being able to see it like that, I think it's like pretty powerful. And that's like one of my tricks. There's this one bus that I've been taking, the 209 to like avoid the like ruckus of certain buses or whatever, just cause I just want to sit. It just passes through Van Ness into like Arlington to Koreatown. The most beautiful tour of mansion, historic LA homes that I could ever ask for. So it's perfect. So, I mean, you get to see the city, you get to see the scale, move through the topography, move through color style, attitude, food, you know, that's really cool. I first encountered Octavia Butler's work in the eighth grade. The first book was Kindred. And then in community college, which I found interesting in our archive, was that, that she spent a lot of time in the neighborhood that I moved through. It felt so good to me that I saw that she did a talk at El Camino Community College, because I was there for like five years, gonna be six, going to Torrance every day, like in community college, you know. Um, there was resonance in like how she framed her black LA, her larger LA, life experience. Like, I remember feeling so good that like she was in the neighborhood and that there weren't any boundaries between the work she was making in Pasadena and all of LA, which is why I think Parable of the Sower is like so thick and so like textured and so scary. She's spent time in these places and embodied them and therefore writes about them gorgeously. No, like, scratching the, the surface of 
of a, a neighborhood or a class or a people, but to participate in it, to participate in that makes, I think, your work powerful and dense. So every time, like, I've read it twice. So the two times that I've read Parable of the Sower, I've been freaked out. She hit the nail on the head. My sweet spots on the bus, I have those bus routes and those bus stops and those moments. When they happen, they're always the most like romantic. They fill me up. Being able to see people in a place where I am from and I've always been from, build the neighborhood and aestheticize it. And I'm just like, I have this front row view and it's going 10 miles per hour in this huge window. It's just like really like satisfying and inspiring. It makes me want to get to work for them. I'm Savannah Wood. Thanks for listening. You can see Lauren Halsey's work at the Armory Center for the Arts in Pasadena through January 8, 2017. On December 11th, Halsey and poet Fred Moten will talk about their research in Octavia Butler's archive and their commissioned pieces for radio imagination. You can find more info at clockshop.org.